Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast, The Professional Millennials. He's Derek. And she's Tori. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this week's discussion. So to kick off today's episode, as always, we'll start with our update. And it's been pretty nice. This is probably the most normal week we've had in the year 2021. Thank goodness. Yeah, I was just, you know, working my job, getting my 40 hours in. And it's nice that I'm starting to see some patients come back for the second, third, and fourth visit, starting to build rapport there. So starting to feel the community build back up. And then at home, we have a whole lot less boxes stacked up in the living room. So that's feeling good. Yes, we are getting there. And right now, just want to give a little shout out to our bathrobes. Thank you so much for being there, giving us that hug we need. And just the PSA, if you don't have one, you you should get one. We pretty much wear ours every time we record. It's just a, and every night, you know, it's just a, a daily staple for us. We're big time robe people to the point where we have bought robes for our dog and cat. Yeah, they never wear theirs, but we're we're still working on them. Daisy does like to cuddle up into ours if like we leave it, you know, she'll cuddle up to it on the couch if it's there or if it's on the bed or she'll even just try to go between our legs and snuggle in between on the robe. She does love it. She just doesn't like wearing hers. I think it's the sleeves probably. Yeah, probably the sleeves. Too constricting. But besides that, fairly boring over here. We got to use our fire pit finally that we set up in our backyard. Daisy's been spending about half of her life outside, so she's loving it. Yeah, and the temperature isn't single digits, so we're ecstatic. We also had some other stuff happen, like my birthday. So now we're both 27, and shout out to my friend Victoria. She actually had some warm cookies and milk delivered to my my address, so that was so, so sweet. What a nice surprise. Thank you so much. And there was a happy accident there, too, where the driver had messed up a previous order, so not only did we get the gift sent by Victoria... But we also got some bonus ice cream and stuff on top of it, some Starbucks frappuccinos. So, I mean, double the fun for her birthday. Day made. Perfect birthday. Also went to Ikea. So, yeah. <laughs> that was your big birthday shopping spree. We got a whole lot of stuff for the house. It's nice to kind of put our own touches in here and make it feel like our own. Yes, and gotta love their meatballs. I mean, if you haven't had the Ikea Swedish meatballs, please, please go try those. Another staple for sure. Yeah, but, you know, with moving, a big part of that is purging, donating. You know, we're getting boxes of stuff that just doesn't serve us anymore. You know, Marie Kondo that. Say thank you and get rid of it if it's not serving you any purpose in your life. Yeah, we've noticed that a lot. We've moved so much that every time you're like, wow, you know, this would just probably be sitting on a shelf if I wasn't moving. It would sit there for maybe even decades, not just years. Um, But someone else can get a use out of it, especially when you donate it like that or bring it to a secondhand shop. And it can give some some joy to somebody else. Or if needed, like, try it on Craigslist or Poshmark or Facebook Marketplace. Like, you never know what somebody else could be looking for. If it just doesn't serve you, it might serve somebody else. So I know that was a pretty short update for this week, but I know we bored you guys last week with all of our move drama. So we'll just jump right into this week's topic, which for this week, we have decided to talk about homelessness. This is a really important topic, and I'm really happy that we're talking about it today. You know, whether it affects you or someone you know personally, or if you've ever just seen somebody homeless in a city. Um, You know, it's it's a huge problem throughout the whole world, and we're just going to talk a little bit about it today and how it relates and affects millennials. Yeah, so true. I mean, you see it all over the place. It was not as visible when we were in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, but we have seen, obviously, a lot more 
homeless people here since we moved to Austin. So it's definitely been on our minds, especially through that winter storm we had where temperatures got down to five degrees. There were shelters available, but it's hard to get there. There's no transportation and, you know, not sure if there were even enough beds for all the homeless people here in the city. Yes. Yeah, so there are a ton of different reasons that can cause somebody to become homeless. Just a few we could jot off would be, you know, poverty, drug use, lack of affordable housing, mental health concerns, unemployment, high debt, poor credit, and unstable income sources. So we're going to really dive in a little bit deeper into this topic. And I want to start off with a piece that I found uh, written by Brendan Pringle through the uh, Washington Examiner. The topic of this article really kind of focused on housing. So basically with millennials, we have this pressure to go to college. And as a result of that, there's not many millennials that are going to trade school and getting those skills. So with that, it, it's kind of a snowball effect where with the shortage of trade skills, it inflates construction costs actually because there, there's not as many trade workers out there and that limits how many new homes can be built, it makes them more expensive, you know, supply and demand. So housing shortage leads to surges in rent. Surges in rent make it a lot harder to save up for a 20% down payment when you're trying to eventually buy a home. With high rents that keep growing, limited homes, stagnant wage growth for millennials, and student loan debt, or other types of debt that you may have, millennials just aren't the ideal lendee to banks. You know, that it's much harder for us to get approved for bank loans. Yeah, so speaking of all those different reasons you brought up, obviously some of them are a little bit more avoidable than others. Racking up, you know, loads of credit card debt for shopping sprees and stuff, that's avoidable. That's a mistake for sure, but... You know, you look into some of the other ones and the number one cause for bankruptcy is medical expenses. And of course, as we're getting older, obviously we start seeing the doctor a little bit more. We're still pretty young and healthy, luckily, but those medical bills can rack up really fast, especially if you don't have health insurance. It can really be an issue. And 67% or two thirds of all bankruptcies are caused by medical debt. So that is a huge issue. Um, another one that kind of goes hand in hand with that is job loss. Many people, you know, if you get in a car accident, you have some sort of, you know, medical emergency or medical condition that you're paying through the nose for. A lot of those people end up going on disability and they can't actually work their jobs. They're getting less money if they're on disability or no money if they can't even qualify for it. So those can really stack up fast. Um, like we mentioned, the third most common cause of bankruptcy is poor use of credit. Again, something that we've talked a little bit about on this show, we want to educate people that, you know, credit isn't the only option. There are smarter ways to use it as well to build your credit score instead of tearing you down. But it's tough. It's not like you go to high school and you learn all this. Nobody tells you, you know, credit cards aren't great. You know, you have to pay that off every month. It's really something we learn through experience. So we will definitely dive into that a little bit deeper later on. And, you know, on that topic of credit, too, just real quickly, most people will say that you either want to have really, really good credit or no credit at all. Anything outside of those two categories, you're going to be put in a bad position when going to get a loan or any sort of money lending, which, again, we talked about. It's going to be tough to get that home loan. And if you're trying to put the 20% down to avoid the PMI or other penalties, it just adds more and more expenses. It's really quite quite the snowball effect. Uh, mm -hmm. Once you have one of these things happen, it's a lot, you know, you're more susceptible to these other things. And 
you know. Yeah. There's a lot of people who if they don't have, you know, health insurance, don't have good enough health insurance or just have some sort of medical procedure that isn't covered, they have to put that payment onto a credit card. And then instead of being in medical debt, you're in credit card debt, which really isn't any better. And I see like so many millennials are entrepreneurs and doing their own thing. But like, are they thinking to get health insurance? Are they thinking about, you know, protecting themselves to avoid that potential thing if something were to happen? I know it's a lot of what ifs, but, you know, bottom line, it's definitely something that needs to be on the radar. So I think something that really underpins the whole topic of the homelessness is stability, because obviously those people don't have a stable place to live, to eat, to, you know, clean themselves and, you know, practice proper hygiene. Of course, if you're not you know, staying clean, you can be a lot more susceptible to infections. Um, and so with all that in mind, you know, you mentioned a great point. A lot of these skilled labor positions, a lot of these trades are being um, overlooked by millennials, whereas those trade jobs have such high job security. People always need plumbers. They always need electricians. They always need welders. They always need chefs, mechanics, so many interesting fields you can go into make a good living and not have to worry about oh where am i going to find my next job whereas i feel like so many of the majors people go to school for you're competing against 10 20 30 people at a job interview who all have the same credentials and again if you've been at school a lot of us millennials don't have much experience because we've only been out of school for a couple of years that is spot on derek and Something else that I just want to point out is just because it's harder for millennials to be homeowners doesn't mean that that's not what they want. A lot of millennials do want to own a home. Most of us have pets. A lot of us need a fenced in yard for those pets, you know, have them run around without going to the park. And, you know, we realize that these high rent payments aren't going anywhere. You're not paying into the equity of an Mm -hmm. asset that you own. So just want to put that point out there. And, you know, I see a lot of different like DIY, do it yourself and fixer uppers um, on you know social media these days. So that's a big niche, you know, to get a home, fix it up, make it yours. You know, you take pride in that. And it's not that we don't want to be homeowners. It just might take millennials a little bit longer to get there. So like Tori mentioned, a big reason why millennials want to get into a home of their own, a nice stable place to live is to give a place for their pets to live. And so that brings us to the dog of the week. A bit of a roller coaster going from, you know, a sad, serious topic to this, but we always love to make things happy going to that dog of the week segment. Today is a dog that is near and dear to both of our hearts, a dog that we've known for years personally. And that dog we are honoring today is Ellie. Ellie, the Labradoodle. So Ellie is Tori's sister, Lisa's dog. She is a beautiful chocolate Labradoodle. Absolutely. She's absolutely gorgeous. Got a little bit of gray around her face. Just the sweetest dog. She's so smart. And she's got a few little quirks that we're going to tell you guys about today. So Ellie is one of the dogs that absolutely loves it when the sirens drive by, whether it's an ambulance, police, fire truck. She doesn't discriminate. She just jumps right in there and is like (laughs) singing her little siren song, you know, alerting the whole neighborhood like, hey, these are sirens. You need to be aware. Let me let you know. My family dog used to do that growing up. And in my mind, I'd like to picture them as if they think they're helping. They're like, oh, I'm here. I'm going to alert everybody. Just like Tori said, they want to be part of the action and be like, hey, let's get this person rescued. Like they're on Paw Patrol. Literally. And I think that she actually like changes her pitch with the sirens. Like she literally like gets it spot on. It's a literal song for her. 
Additionally, though, she loves this game called Uh-Oh, which is played in our backyard with the fence. And it's really just whenever she has something that she shouldn't, or even if it's something she can have, just saying, uh-oh, Ellie, and stepping towards her, she just like immediately takes off sprinting, and then it becomes a whole cat and mouse chase. So really fun, love Ellie, and just wanna give her a shout out. She's being an awesome big doggo sister to our niece. Love you, Ellie, and shout out, Lisa. Can't wait to see you guys again. But that brings us right on to our next segment, turn up or throw up. Derek, are you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. Good. All right. So I'll be asking you this week and I kind of have a little bit of a theme. We'll see if you can pick up on it. So the first one I have for you today, turn up or throw up the show full house. Everyone knows that show. I mean, that is a staple of the nineties classic. I mean, Bob Saget, who's also the Cholula guy. If you, no, don't know about, if you don't know about that, there's a whole conspiracy that Bob Saget was used for the Cholula bottle, but it's actually somebody's, like, old relative, and they got really offended by it. But I still like to think that it's Bob Saget, so turn up for Full House. They look exactly the same. They are. They're the same person. <laughs> so turn up for Full House. On to number two, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Ooh, Fresh Prince. I mean, just the theme song alone is so hype. Both of these shows hype theme songs. Um... Fresh Prince, great one, though. You know, one of those sitcoms that was, like, 90% of the time, it was just, like, funny. Will Smith having a great time. But they also spent a good amount of time talking about life lessons and stuff, but without getting too heavy or taking away from the storyline. Great. I do feel like they touched on some real stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. And if you think about it, in a way, uh, Will Smith's character was essentially homeless. He was living in the projects in Philadelphia. And, you know, his mom did a really tough thing and sent him away to live with his aunt and uncle because she knew was a much more stable situation for him. Wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it does circle back in. It all ties in. So the next one I'm going to ask you about is Degrassi. Ooh. That's the first throw-up of the round. Um, nothing against Drake or anything. I didn't love him in that, but, like, just never liked that show i mean if, I, if it was on tv within five minutes i was ready to change the channel at most oh wow that's another one that gets into like really serious and intense topics maybe it was just a little too real for you it almost i think it was almost the opposite for me where it was like a shonda rhimes show like Grey's anatomy where like they tried to force the intensity where it didn't seem natural mm. whereas i feel like the show french fresh prince it was more like, oh, it's something that might actually happen to a high school kid. And Degrassi just seemed a little too crazy to me. No, you're not wrong. And the, the constantly changing cast was a, it was just a little much, a little much. But anyways, on to our next one, the show Friends. I hope I'm not hated too much for doing the, the throw up for Friends. But again, another throw up there. Um. I love a lot of sitcoms that are similar to it. People usually lump that in with like The Office. But again, it just seems a little weird to me how they're just like so codependent on each other. I don't know. Something about Friends just irks me. They like all date within their circle. Yeah, and they it's... bounce around a little bit. Yeah. Maybe I should actually watch it before judging, <laughs> but you know, whatever. I thought these were all going to be turnups, so you're already surprising me. 50-50 right now. Yes. Have you caught on to our theme? Oh, for sure. 90s TV shows. Yes. Okay, cool. So next one, all that. 
Oh, turn up. That was a great show. All the little sketches and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, fun times as a kid. You know, I feel like that was almost like a kid's version of SNL, maybe. Yeah, isn't Keenan on SNL? Oh, yeah, yeah, big time. They were like, wow, this guy's getting great viewership. Let's yeah. snag him. And... Great little stepping stone for him. Oh, my God, yeah. Upgrade. Okay, next show is Catfish. Hmm, Catfish. What's the host's name? Neve, I think. Yeah, throw up. That's just such a weird show to me. I mean, following people around who got tricked online. I guess there's a positive part with them, like, trying to shed light on it. Like, hey, stop doing this. But at the same time, it's super awkward. Like, too cringy for me to watch. Yeah, people's dark, you know, sad moments, they probably don't want aired on TV. But don't you think it was good how they raised awareness? Like, people didn't even realize that, like, this was a thing that other people did online. Yeah, I wish they'd done it almost more like, uh... What's John Walsh's show? Uh, Most Wanted? Yeah, where it's more about the person doing the bad thing instead of, like, highlighting this extremely awkward, uncomfortable, shameful experience for the victim of it. Like you said, I feel like it's just not a moment they want on national TV. No, you're 100% right on that. So next show for you, Friday Night Lights. Ooh, Friday Night Lights. Big time turn up. This show actually came to mind when you mentioned Degrassi. He said Degrassi's hard to follow because the characters keep changing all the time, which honestly is a really good thing because if you're doing a show about school, the kids like Tim Riggins shouldn't be there for seven years as a high school sophomore who's drinking beer in his truck. I mean, like, come on, that was so unrealistic. You're not wrong, but yet you give Degrassi a throw up and you give Friday Night Lights a turn up. Well, I also love that Friday Night Lights sets up Jason Street, spoiler alert, as like the stud, like heavily recruited, gonna go play D1 football and then go to the pros and like first episode paralyzed. So it's one of those shows similar to Game of Thrones where like it doesn't matter who the character is, they're gonna go through some shit. It's not like, oh, they're gonna have the happy fairy tale ending and then like his girlfriend tries to stay with him and there's more drama and it's just I think it's a well-written show besides the fact that I feel like some of the characters are in high school for seven years. Mm -hmm. But nobody's safe from the drama. Yeah, nobody's safe. Oh, yeah. Love drama. Okay, speaking of drama, Gossip Girl. Ooh, Gossip Girl? Full-on throw-up. Oh, man, the XOXO every time, just so corny. Oh, uh, I couldn't... I, I... And, like, um, Blake Lively said like i would i would never want to hang out with somebody like serena like it's it's hard yeah, playing a character like, like so so awful who would like who would do that to your best friend you know i think a lot of the characters probably hated who they played or a lot of the actors hated the characters they played yeah Can't and the ending you know you know i don't remember it was well spoiler we alert <laughs> It was that guy. I forget his name. Joe from you. Yeah. He was Gossip guy. Girl. What the fuck, guys? Anyways, on to the next one. Arrested Development. Ooh, Arrested Development. I absolutely love the writing in this show. I mean, Arrested Development is one of those shows that if you're paying attention for 20 minutes watching the entire episode, you'll notice that every single line is a joke. Like, we were just talking the other day about how there's the Lucille is their mom. She has a friend named Lucille, but there's also a loose 
seal who bites off someone's hand and they use like that different wordplay. There's so many different things that it's all double entendres. It's all callbacks to previous episodes or future episodes. And then the way they did the final season, just cutting it up to follow each person's journey and then recutting it so you could just watch the entire thing chronologically, which is a really cool, cool concept. Like a masterpiece of yeah. media. And if you talk to like, or listen to so many actors, um, like Steve Carell is one who will say that comedy is so much harder to do than drama because comedy, the timing is so important to it. And you, if you aren't doing, you know, an intelligent comedy, it just comes off like slapstick or like, you know, childish. So it's really tough to actually have a highbrow comedy. And I think Arrested Development achieved that. I'm convinced Jason Bateman hasn't been in a flop. Like everything he's in is amazing. Let me know if you find something he's in that's not. And last thing, Grey's Anatomy. Ooh, Grey's Anatomy. Already mentioned it once. Here's a big throw up. Yeah, like I mentioned, they just try to force fake intensity. I'm not the biggest Shonda Rhimes fan. Uh, I feel like her shows have a great season one, and then she just keeps escalating it and escalating it and escalating it, and then there's a bus crash, and then a terrorist attack, and then a plane crash, and then a fire, and then a bomb, and that was all within 30 minutes. And then all the doctors are out drinking tequila right before they're going into surgery. I mean, I'm not saying it all has to be perfectly realistic, but it was just too much for me to for me to stick around for. My big beef with Grey's Anatomy is if you're going to make Meredith Grey the lead, like make her a little bit more likable. That That's all I ask. Just give me somebody I really like and want to root for. But at the same time, you love watching Breaking Bad with a character that you hate as the protagonist. You love watching... I mean, there's a lot of shows like that where the protagonist is horrible. I mean, even another medical drama, House. We are both huge Dr. House fans, but he's like the all-time medical jerk. He's a dick, but he's always gets it right in the end, and he saves the person, and that's why you, like, you low-key love him. Yeah, oh, you do. You, you absolutely hate, love him. You love to hate him, or you hate to love him? You love to hate him. I, oh. See, with Breaking Bad, it's a love-to-hate situation. Like, I love to hate Skylar. I love to hate Walter. Um, absolutely love Walter Jr. We're getting way off track here. But I think with Dr. House, it's more of a hate to love him. Because, like, I hate that I love how brilliant he is and how confident he is. Because, like, you don't want to be cocky, especially in the medical field. You really want to, like, test and retest and check everything. But the fact that he would just be like, no, I'm right. And then, like, get in people's faces to prove he was right. And then save someone's life was like, all right. I hate it, but I love you. I think you're right. And, like, I forgot about the fact that he's, like, an addict with Vicodin the whole time. Yeah, he's the like, entire time he goes through addiction. Like, low-key, not good. But, again, it's a very, very serious topic. And some of the episodes were more lighthearted, but they would always bring in a lot of serious um, things like that. I remember on that, you know, drug abuse side, they had an episode with a professional baseball player who didn't really make it in the majors, went overseas, started trying different substances for performance, and then some turned into you know amphetamines for you know recreation and it ruined his life um i mean that show got real deep real deep and there were so many seasons please go watch that if you haven't so awesome turn up or throw up this week what a ride hopefully we can have another amazing golden age of tv i think we are in one right now um so let's keep this ball rolling all right guys now we're moving right on to this week's deal of the week this is something I thought about because it's relevant for me, being my birthday month. So, bottom line, Kendra Scott is an amazing 
jewelry brand. Uh, they actually have their flagship store over in Austin. So, you know, we are huge Kendra. Well, I'm a huge, I won't speak for you. Kendra Scott fan, love their jewelry. No, and, I love Kendra Scott. She's my favorite jeweler. Okay, anyway, rude. <laughs> so on your birthday month, you are able to select a Kendra Scott piece of jewelry in the store and you get 50% off if it's your birthday month. As long as you're a membership like on their website. So go ahead, sign up for their website now, and then you'll get a little email your birthday month and you can just go into the store. They actually just check your license. So make sure you've got a license and you should be good to go. Enjoy your new Kendra Scott piece on your birthday month. You're welcome. All right, moving right along into our final segment on the bright side. As our uh, recurring listeners know, we love to end our episodes with something positive. There's so much negativity out there in the news, in the media, in all different forms of content that you're taking in. So it's good just to leave you with something positive at the end. And so for today's On the Bright Side, we are highlighting an amazing teenager out in California named Lindsay Sobel. Now, some of you may know when someone of the Jewish faith turns 13, they have a bar or bat mitzvah, depending on their gender. And that's when they come of age, they consider that becoming an adult, even though, of course, we don't consider someone an adult in this country till you're 18. There is a lot of um, growth and character building that goes on. So for hers, um, she has to do a specific portion of her uh, bat mitzvah, which is called the Tikkun Olam, or an act of repairing for the world. And essentially, it's all about giving back to your community. So Lindsay, living in the area of Southern California that she does, she sees a lot of homeless people in Los Angeles. And at just 12 years old, she had the you know awareness to realize, wow, like a lot of these people don't even have shoes, something that we all take for granted. You know, being able to give something so simple back that makes such a huge change in these people's lives is, is really big for them. Um, again, especially when there are cold temperatures like here in Austin, you know, a nice pair of shoes can go a long way. So this 12 year old, not only donated a couple pairs of shoes, she was able to donate over 30,000 pairs of shoes to dignity for the LA homeless. I just want to say, you know, as someone who is twice her age, my hat is completely off to her for not only seeing a problem, but come up with a solution and just going straight through, you know, ears pinned back to get it done in the best way possible. So there are 30,000 homeless in California who will now have a new pair of shoes thanks to Lindsay. So once again, great job. And that is our On the Bright Side this week. Well, that about wraps it up for this week. Really just want to give you guys a huge shout out. Thank you, each and every one of you that listens. We really appreciate you guys, and we really appreciate your support as well. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Professional Millennials Pod. You can also find our podcast streaming on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, and there are more coming. We'll keep you updated on that. So like Tori said, hop on Instagram and give us the follow. And if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend. That's all we ask. Now, don't forget, when you listen to this episode, there were a few points where we said, let us know what you think. So we'll be doing a couple of posts on our Instagram this week. Hop into the comments. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you thought, especially with the turn up or throw up. That is probably our favorite segment, and we hope it's yours too. 
Can't wait to see you guys next week. Have a good one.